It's been a while since I've been in front of a crowd in order to speak what I believe God has laid on my heart. I will say ahead of time, I'm often soft-hearted. I cry sometimes. And since I've had a couple of strokes, I cry even more. So forgive me if I shed a few tears along the way this morning. So, But I don't know exactly why that the Holy Spirit has been telling me to address the church. And and speak words that actually I struggle with. I don't believe I've ever had to bring a message that God wants me to bring, but I must. And as we get started, I just want to say, don't see Karen, but that song just ties in with this message perfectly. And I love it. Amen. I'd like to get all of the words for it some sometime. This is a time, as Pastor said, of transition, a time of change. And as I begin this morning, I can't stress enough the importance of the whole church body to love, respect, and wholly stand behind and work alongside our pastors, our new pastors. John said in 13... 20, verily, verily, I say unto you, he who receives whomsoever I send receives me. Come on, yeah. And that's what we need to do. Yes. Obey the word of God. Amen. Yes. Very important to having unity and love for one another in the church. And please don't think that I see a problem in Bible Center Church, not with the leadership, not with the body. I don't have anything or anybody in mind. This is just what God wants me to speak. It's not my intention to alarm anyone with what I believe God has given me to talk about. I believe that there's an increase coming to Bible Center Church. A large increase. And these people would be hungry for the truth because the truth is hard to find. You don't find it 
in news media. You don't find it in TV programs. You don't find it anywhere that you can, anything that you can hang your hat on and believe in. True. The people, I believe, are hungry. Hungry for truth. Yes. Something solid to stand on. They will be hungry for the word of truth. And as people come in, they'll bring problems of varied kinds. Yes. We are to love them, counsel them in love, and make them welcome at Bible Center Church. Amen. Of course, as the church grows, the need for workers will grow. I believe that there will be some among you, whether newer people or here quite a long time, that will feel the Holy Spirit drawing them closer to Him and they will have a desire to serve the church. But they won't. Why? There is something, some sin, small or large, in their past life or even the present that will hold them back from drawing closer to Him. And they won't feel that they could be of any service to Him. This is a lie. Yes, that's right. Lie from Satan. That's right. It's not so. God is a merciful God. He loves you and desires to have fellowship with you. The scripture teaches he longs to have fellowship with the saints. And if you're a Christian, Jesus paid your sin debt at Calvary. He arose to the Father and sits at his right hand, ever making intercession for you. He paid your debt. Man's conscience can put a heavy weight upon him. And thank God. Because that's the means wherewith God draws you back to Him. You love Jesus, but there's something. Something in your past or present that keeps holding you back. You've heard countless sermons. You've spent much time in prayer. Yet, sometimes that thing keeps showing up and you fail again. Psalm 77 and 3. David's soul was filled with the holy fear of God. 
he confessed, I remembered God and was troubled. Pastor spoke last week about David and his greatness and how that even though he had sinned, he had fell short of God, that God still loved him, restored him. And through his lineage came Jesus Christ. Why was David troubled? His memories of God's work in his life had brought him gladness, brought him happiness. You can tell by the Psalms. He was glad, he loved his Lord. And he sang praises unto him. But yet at this time, he said, I remembered God and was troubled. I believe David was distressed as many Christians are today as to how God will deal with their secret sin. If they've been taught from youth that God's gonna get you for that, then that's what they'll expect. Too many times they go away from God or just stay close enough to satisfy their conscience. They don't, they won't go any farther. But in contrast, if they've been taught that God is a merciful, loving, caring God that longs to have fellowship with them, then it will be easier for them to repent of their sin and embrace the mercies of God and be restored to fellowship with Him. It's a sad thing to be out of fellowship with God. I speak from experience. I've been there. Not proud of it, but I've been there. I experienced it in my own life because I was running away from anything that would have me stand before a crowd and, and speak. I just couldn't do that. Even in school, I remember our literature teacher put a picture on the bulletin board and asked the class to write a story about that picture. I had no problem with the story. It came, came easy to me because I'd read enough Zane Gray, Hardy Boy, Nancy Mysteries, and all of that stuff in my youth that I could come up with a pretty good story. So I wrote my story and I handed it in. And 
to teach. She came back to me, said, I want you to read this before the class. Not me. I'm not going to stand up before the class and do anything. So my grade went from an A to a B because I wouldn't read it before the class. That was okay with me. <laughs> but I, but I have had my times running away from God, and for that very reason. I won't go into it now because it's too long a story, but just knowing the love of God is what brought me back into fellowship with Him. I knew I'd been taught the right way. I've been taught that God loves you. And instead of it driving me farther away, it brought me back into fellowship with Him. Psalms 40 and 12, David cried, My iniquity has so taken hold of me that I can't even lift my face toward heaven. That's many people stay away from church for the very same reason. They're ashamed of what's in their life that they haven't dealt with. If we weren't saved, we wouldn't care about lifting our face toward heaven. But because we are, we feel that drawing of God upon our lives and it bothers us. It's the Holy Spirit that draws us back to Him. And if we haven't been saved, it's the same Holy Spirit that longs for something in our spirit to satisfy us. We don't know sometimes. But before we come to the Lord, there's longing a hunger in our heart that we don't, we can't finger. We don't know what it is. John three sixteen. God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever would believe on Him would not perish but have life everlasting. Unbelief and disobedience is what caused the children of Israel so much grief. Still is to this day. It's going on and it will until Jesus comes. David suffered terribly under his guilt of sin. Psalm 69 and 1. He says, Save me, O God, for the waters have come into my soul. 
I sink in deep mire where there is no standing. David thought that God had abandoned him. God loves you regardless of your sin. Scripture teaches there is none good, no, not one, save Jesus Christ the righteous. Am I saying it's all right to keep on sinning? Certainly not. When I'm saying that God still loves you. Amen. Yes. And he wants to resume a relationship with you. Yes, he, does. he doesn't want it to end. It's his desire to have a fellowship with you. Sometimes you can't beat that thing that's holding you back alone. You have hard thing. You have to admit. You have to admit that to yourself that you need help. Christ is the answer. We need to throw ourselves on the mercy of God. Repent. Turn to Him. Because he'll receive you. He won't turn you away. He's not mad at you. He's not out to strike you down with the sword. He loves you. He wants to be near you. The word says he was tempted in all points as we are. message that I want to leave with you this morning and if you don't take nothing else away from it is that God loves you no matter if you have never accepted Christ as your Savior or if you have things in your past or present that are still holding you back God loves you he wants you to come to him he'll forgive you his mercy endures forever. Yes, it does. 23rd Psalm. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, what is your valley? What valley is facing you today? Is there something that you seems insurmountable? Our valleys is the world around us as we know it and the temptations that are ever before us. Our answer is to keep ourselves in the love of God. We have a holy fear of God and we know His commandments and promises. Therefore, we desire to please him, so we come to him and ask forgiveness for our failures. We know he is a merciful and a loving God.
Don't think I've yet entered into the fullness of God's love. It's so deep that it boggles the mind. It's hard to grasp. The Bible's filled with the truth of God's love. But yet we wonder, how could God love us? How could he love me with the life that I've lived? We, and we can't quite get our arms around how God could love us. Just in our mind, we don't see it's impossible. But he does. And he has. He has loved us from the beginning. He loved us before we were born. It's a wonderful thing when one comes to Christ and accept him as their personal savior. Accept the fact that he went to the cross and that God gave his only son to sacrifice for our sin, for my sin, for your sin. He gave his only son as a sacrifice. There's three things In, in this message that I want you to be aware of and maybe even take notes about. Number one, God loves his people with the very same love that he has for Jesus. That's right. That may be and is hard to comprehend how he could love us the same. John 17, 18 through 22, verse 19. We separate myself unto God to do his will. That's what it means. You have sent me into the world. Even so have I also sent them unto the world. And for their sakes, I sanctify myself. That they also might be sanctified through the truth. This is the work of the Holy Spirit. Verse 20, Neither pray I for thee alone, for these alone, but for them who also which should believe on me through their word. 
that they all may be one, as you, Father, are in me, and I in you, that they also may be one in us, that the world may believe that you have sent me. God loved Jesus before anything was created, before the foundation of the world. And Jesus said in verse 22, I know you will love the ones that I bring in the same way, the same way that you love me. We learn in Ephesians 1, 22 and 23, and in Ephesians 5 and 30, that in God's eye, Christ and His church are one. Jesus didn't earn His Father's love by going to the cross. Let that sink in for a minute. God already loved you. It's impossible to earn God's love. It's freely given. No charge. He loves you regardless. Therefore, God didn't start loving you when you accepted Jesus as your personal Savior. He loved you already. God is love. 1 John 4, 16. If we dwell in God's love, we stay in a state of expectancy. We expect His love to be new every morning. To keep ourselves in the love of God is to know, believe, and keep on trusting in His love even when we struggle. In reality, and I guess I speak for myself, maybe not for you, but in reality, most of us fit in and out of God's love according to our emotions. True. According to our ups and downs. We feel safe in His love only when we have done well. But when we're tempted, and we fail at something, we're unsure of His love. We have doubts. And can't stress this enough. That's the time when Satan's going to hit you the hardest. But that is also the time that we must trust in God's love. Even if we can't see 
We sang about the mountain this a while ago. If we can't see the other side of the mountain, God can trust in him. He knows what's there. Does God simply overlook our failures? Does he turn a blind eye to my sin? He can't. Because he can't violate his own word. What he's put in his word, he won't go against. And that's why we must run quickly to him when we fail according to nature. It's harder for us to turn to him the longer we wait. The longer we wait, the less feelings we have, the harder it is to return to God. He will test you with his rod. Hebrews 12 and 6. But is in great love. Whom the Lord loveth, he chasteneth. God shows us his love in our weakest moments by drawing us to him. That is a loving kindness, a loving God. Jeremiah 31 is a wonderful illustration of the love of God. Verse 18 and 19. Says, Thou hast chastised me. Turn me around. If you read that closely, turn me around, that's a condition. He needed help. And he was unable to do it himself. And I shall be turned. That indicates a willingness to have God help him, to turn him around. After I was turned, I repented. That's the result. Result of obedience. If we're honest with ourselves, we know when we have failed God. And I can only say two words about that from experience. Fix it. Do something about it. Come to God. Don't let it keep carrying on. Keep carrying on. As I said, the longer we wait to fix it, the harder it is. And like I said at the beginning, I don't know if I'm speaking to anyone, but the learning in the church 
Maybe you'll need to counsel someone that is going through something that they need help with. Verse 20 says, I will surely have mercy on him. Not only forgive, but restore. God will restore you to fellowship with him. And as I said in the beginning, if you're needed, if you feel a call to serve God in the ministry, to serve God in the church, whatever place that God has placed you in, and or that you have turned down because you didn't feel like you was worthy, that you should be in that position because of your past life or whatever. God will forgive. And verse 20 says, I will surely have mercy on him. Does it happen instantly? Not always. Sometimes God has to fix something that you have broken or that someone else has broken. God has to prepare the way so it doesn't always come like now. Sometimes it does. But God knows God has to deal with other people sometimes to fix the problem in your life. So it doesn't always come instantly. But believe God, hold on to God, and don't give up. If you won't give up, He won't give up. Hosea 3 and 1. God instructs Hosea to give the people an example of His love. He says, You have sinned against me blatantly. But you're still married to me. And I love you. Now this is not scripture that I can find. But it's my opinion. So I'll give it to you for what it's worth. No scripture for it, but ignorance of God's word and his love is the greatest cause of backsliding and not returning to fellowship with God. You just don't understand how great the love of God is. When you are restored or just realize the great love of God, you cease to be so judgmental of others and leave them to the judgment of a loving God. The love of God is conveyed to us through Jesus Christ and what he accomplished on the cross. And I see I skipped over two that this is number three of the three things that I said I wanted you to remember. 
Number two, to keep yourselves in the love of God is to know, believe, and keep on trusting in His love, even when struggling. I said that, but I didn't number it, so. Have to forgive the old guy. <laughs> John 1.16 says, Of his fullness have all we received. We must look to Christ for our example. Not man. We don't need to fix our eyes on a certain individual and have all of our thoughts and our efforts aimed toward that individual. We need to fix our eyes on Christ. He's our example. Yes. And sadly, too many people, too many Christians are doing that. They're following a person. They're following a movement. They're following something that, yes, some of it is of God, but not all. God doesn't change. If we follow after Christ, He doesn't change. He will always be stable. He'll be there. I want to do what I want, not have to repent because God's love's going to cover me. That's that's a wrong teaching, it's wrong theology. Man has a free will to follow Jesus or not. can't follow him and live a sinful life at the same time. Doesn't work. Though many, too many, in many of the churches across our nation are doing just that. Bible says my spirit will not always strive with man. He will forgive because He loves, but you must ask. And if you have something in your life, you need to turn it over to God. Turn it over to Christ. I know this message is not real long this morning, but it's what God laid on my heart. And like I said, it wasn't not the easiest thing to talk about. But I was awakened at night with to bring these words to the church. God knows why, I'm not sure, but I believe, do believe this is what God wanted us to hear. I've got just a little more, but I don't know if you're going to 
want to say something afterward or if you want the musicians to come. But as I finish up here, and one word of caution that I want to say. There are so many manifestations in the churches that are being attributed to the Holy Ghost, to the Holy Spirit. People, but people, not God, are getting all the attention. The Holy Spirit comes to focus our eyes on Jesus, not men. Anytime there's a move going on and Jesus doesn't wind up the focus of it, whether it be 50 people or whether it be 10,000 people, if the focus is not on Jesus Christ, it's not of God. Keeping ourselves in the love of God will be our strength in all things that we do. He will help us through it. Those mountains that we sang about, I've mentioned to him once already, they won't seem near as high when we focus on God. He'll bring us through. He knows how tall they are. He knows what you can accomplish. He will make the two come together. Are you enduring some great or small temptation? Overcome by some old temptation that you hate? Is your marriage or your family in disarray? Are you grieving over lost loved ones? Are words spoken in haste that is too late to rectify? Jesus knows all about it. Just lay it on Him. Bring your troubles to Him. My burden is easy, He says. God is still listening for you to throw yourselves on His mercy. He's the only one to confess to or hear you, hear your cry. He alone will hear your prayer. And He will restore you or heal your grief. He still loves you. And in closing, I'll just say that I love all of you. I love this church dearly. It's my life. It has been for many years. And I love it more and more all the time. And more important than that, God still loves you. Amen.